With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Yes, yes, yes. It's locked and loaded time. I am Rick Munn. This is TNT, today's News Talk. And it is Tuesday, the 30th of January. Where, someone answer this, please, in the live chat. Where did January go? Where has it been hidden? One minute, it's New Year's Day. We're kicking off the year with a bang. And the next minute, we're knocking on the door of February. January's been a little bit hectic here on TNT. I'm not going to lie. It's been a little bit mad in a good way, but it's gone. It's almost completely gone. We've only got a couple of days left. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, this hour, we've got plenty to squeeze in before uh, 11 a.m. UK time. I will be talking to Gemma in just a minute, as I do. And also, Steve Laws will be joining me for the first time. Steve uh, is a bit of a legend. He's out there documenting all the invasions that are happening across the UK at the moment. Uh, people flying across the channel aided and abetted by Border Force, the Royal Navy, the RNLI, put up in hotels. He's documenting this and uh, being a proverbial thorn in the establishment's flesh. So hopefully he'll be joining me at 20 past. They are. And then also Jane Black will be beaming in from the Glens of Antrim, the beautiful Glens of Antrim here uh, over where I live at 22. And we're going to be talking uh, Ireland politics whenever she touches down in TNT Towers. You've got all that to look forward to. Please use our website, tntradio.live. You can order merch on there, some really tasty merchandise on there. I've got some of it myself. And yes, I buy it myself to support the war effort. And it's good gear. The polo shirts are particularly good. The t-shirts are particularly good. And the baseball caps are particularly good. I might even wear one myself live on air over the next week or two just for the hell of it, a TNT radio baseball cap to cover up my home haircut that Mike Ryan gave me an awfully hard time about. He said, next time uh, you cut your hair, please leave the lights on. Very nasty statement to make, but we have a very special relationship and I can understand <laughs> where he's coming from for that. So I've got about a week's worth of growth we a week's worth of growth and it's starting to look human again. I looked like a shaved chimpanzee last week. So it's all good. I'm starting to become more uh, camera. Uh, how would you say? <laughs> Just <laughs> nicer looking on the camera. But it's all good. Uh, what's happening in the UK at the minute? I'm on a slight ramble at the minute. I'm a little bit hyper. Don't ask me why. I haven't even had any caffeine this morning. Uh, imagine what I'd be like with a double shot of espresso in me. Rishi Sunak, that little weasel-faced toe rag. Uh, we don't understand the full long-term health effects of vaping, says Rishi. So it's right, it's right that we take strong action to stamp this out. Uh, just like vaccines, there's almost no clinical safety trials for vaping, says our Darren Denslow, yet they come in strawberry flavors for our children. Yes, Rishi Sunak says he wants to get tough on vaping. He wants to clamp down on vaping because we're not sure about it. We don't know the long-term effects about it. Why is it taking him this long? All right, these vapes have been around for what, 10 years or more, maybe 15 years? I don't know how long they've been around for. Why is Rishi getting tough on vapes now under the guise of concern? under the guise of public health and safety. Listen to what he says. We don't understand the full long-term health impact. So it's right that we take strong action to stamp this out. 
We don't understand the long-term impacts of Rishi Sunak, so why don't we do what's right and take strong action to stamp him out? That would have been a more fitting news headline, I think. So anyway, uh, just on that note, please, if you haven't already done so, download our app, which is available on the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Search for TNT Radio and stay perpetually connected with us for all eternity here on today's News Talk. Bringing you a world view. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We don't understand them, Gemma. We don't understand the vapes, but you know what? We're going to sell them anyway. Uh, what the, what message does that give out uh, about uh, public health concerns from the government? We don't know about these things, but we've been selling them for 15 years, so we're, now it's time to take action. Well, quite, yeah. I mean, with the, in the meantime, they take all the tax that comes with those particular products, don't they? Because I'm sure vaping must be uh, similar to cigarettes and alcohol, which are now the highest um, prices affected by inflation, because they know everybody will still go out and buy cigarettes and alcohol because everybody's so stressed out and just mm-hmm. needs something to take the edge off when you read the daily headlines. You, and people think, well, if we're heading for World War Three, which more and more commentators are talking about, I might as well have a, have a fag, I might as well have a drink, you know, mm-hmm. and people will pay the extortionate prices now with inflation running around 4%. The, the, the inflation on cigarettes and alcohol over the last year went up by 12%. Because they know that people will pay the higher prices, and most of that is tax on those products. And I'm sure vaping does come into that. So yeah, they've 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 reaped a nice cash cow, haven't they, off vaping? Mm. Um, and now they've decided in an election vote winner to ban it for kids uh, because they think you know they'll garner some support from parents. Well, I think most people see through what Rishi Sunak says or whoever's purporting to make his policies uh, says. But yeah, money talks, doesn't it? Especially with products like these. It does, and I don't. I don't know about you, but I can remember uh, when the vaping thing first started. It, there was you couldn't access this stuff. It, I kid you not. In the whole of Northern Ireland, there was one guy who had a table set up in the aisle of a little back street shopping centre in Belfast city centre. That was the only place in Northern Ireland, I kid you not, that you could actually buy vapes from someone. And he now has this chain of shops. I think he's a multi-multi-millionaire, but he literally started off. He's seen a gap in the market. This is about 10 or 15 years ago. And he was, I kid you not, selling them on a little trestle table with a little tablecloth on it and a little cardboard sign saying vapes on it and little boxes of product on there in a shopping center. Not even a unit, Gemma, but a, a table set up in the aisle of this little backstreet shop shopping centre and now every high street that you go into it's ziggy this and vape this and there's people queuing out the door I don't know how much it costs to buy that stuff puffing away like a steam train I've never seen so much smoke liberated in my life even I used to have an old car with a dodgy exhaust and it didn't pump out as much smoke as some of these vapors do where does it come from it, it seems to be unnatural it is unnatural. There's no doubt about that. And there were all those surveys done about popcorn lung, the so-called popcorn lung that the chemicals in the vapes were causing. And there, there many people have said it's, it's equally as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than just going back to the old-fashioned nicotine tobacco and, and all of that. I mean, I've never... I smoked once. I smoked once as a teenager. And I don't know if you remember the old fags, John Player specials. Um, they the were in the black yes, packet. Yeah. With the, yeah, they were really sophisticated looking, weren't they? The black packet with the gold writing. And uh, so someone offered me one on a street corner, you know, teenagers hanging out. I thought, all right, you know, why not? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's such 
an acquired taste. You know, it was horrible. It made me feel ill for a couple of days. I got a massive spot on my chin as a result of it. I thought, why would anybody do this? But uh, addiction is addiction, isn't it? Whether it's to the vape, to the nicotine, you know, uh, you get hooked pretty quick. Uh, there's also an addiction of uh, constantly having something in your mouth putting something mm -hmm. in your mouth all the time. That's mm -hmm. an addiction as well, the physical gestures of it. And of course, people people know this. Cigarette manufacturers definitely mm -hmm. know it. And Feb, you know what though? Kudos to your friend for seeing a gap in the market, not because mm -hmm. of the product. I wouldn't advocate anything that damages mm -hmm. health, but you know, that's the way people make money. You you see things, you see trends before they happen. Mm -hmm. you, you spot that gap. It's always the simplest things, isn't it? Like people who make milk cartons and Tetra Packs, the richest people mm. in the world. People who make certain types of bolts for refrigerators, richest people in the world. You never see them. It's the simple little ideas. I wish I could think like that. I really, really do. I really well, Louis, do. I think. Do you remember? You remember uh, tin cans? When you had a tin can, you used to be able to pull the ring, pull off, and throw it down in the ground. You know those new ones where you 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 bend the can back and it doesn't come off, and then you push it forward again, it doesn't detach. Well, the guy that came up with that simple idea, I th I don't know how many hundreds of millions of pounds he has made just from a little simple idea. And who knows how many people have great ideas, but they're like that's so simple and so stupid, no one would go for that. But those are the people that went for it and are now making millions, like the vapors of this world are the people that come up or see uh, niches in the market. But uh, speaking of uh, people seeing niches in the market for exploitation of the general public, uh, who better to talk about this morning than HSBC, the world's bank. If you've ever flown into an airport somewhere, you'll be greeted by an HSBC slogan, no doubt plastered all over the walls. They like to sponsor airports, but they've been fined. They've been bad. What have they been doing? Well, I mean, this one's a classic one, Rick. You know, we hear about things happening in our society. You could use the vaping thing as an example, you know, the damage to human health. And people say, oh, all the vaccines or whatever comes out. And you say, oh, that would never happen again. No, no there's, 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 there's measures in place to stop things like that happening again. Well, you would have thought after the 2008 global banking crash, and especially in the UK where the taxpayer ended up bailing out a lot of those banks and a lot of banks just went out of business and took people's money with them. You would have thought that the banks, the global banks would have done everything to clean up their act, right? Well, not so HSBC, the old Hong Kong Shanghai Banking Corporation, as it was once known. Um, it has been fined today by the Bank of England, and it is a record fine. It's nearly £58 million. It's the second largest fine ever issued by the banking regulator here in the UK. And the bank has been fined for failing to protect customer deposits. Now, under the UK banking scheme, we have the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. You're a former finance man. I'm sure you know all about this. But it protects £85,000 of your money should there be a crash, should there be a hack, should you be a victim of fraud, and lots of different things. So, but if you've got like a hundred grand in the bank, they'll only protect eighty-five grand. So they that that's the that's the maximum they will protect. Mm -hmm. That's quite a lot of money, and that, that's a lot of people's life savings. If you're mm -hmm. in your sixties and you've been saving up since you were twenty-five. Um, so the, what happened was, is there was a huge investigation. It's taken quite a few uh, months. Uh, and the failings of the, the bank occurred between 2015 and 2022. So really, really recently. Um, and basically what happened was, is that they didn't have the right information and systems, IT systems effectively, uh, to protect customer information. And if you didn't have the right accurate information in the event of a crash, the FC. FSCS, Financial Compensation Scheme, wouldn't have made the payment because they wouldn't have had the right information. It hadn't been logged accurately on the systems. So God forbid that we would have had another banking crash over the last, what, it would have been uh, seven years if the, the, the bank was doing this because they were just too lazy to basically care about their customers. If there'd been another crash or you'd been hacked 
which is a massive thing now, isn't it? Cybercrime and cyber fraud. Um, you wouldn't have got your money because the information on the IT systems, just like in the post office scandal, was incorrect and it wasn't entered properly. Um, the bank has cooperated with this investigation from the start because they were caught bank to rights. And uh, they also sort of completed guilty from the start, which means that the fine was less than what it would have been because they co they cooperated with the authority and gave them all the data. They've said they're really sorry. It was a historic mistake. It will never happen again. I mean, if we believe anything the banks and the corporations say these days, we you know you're a, you're a willing fool, I think, because you know protect your own money. I think is the message from this story um, because you you know like I say after two thousand and eight with what happened with the banks then and how they were bailed out by us, you would have thought banks now would be watertight. They'd be in the customers' interest because it's our money that they lend out. The more money we put into their accounts, the more money they've got to lend in their in their schemes. You know, for every ten pound of ours in their uh, their accounts, they lend out nine. That's how they make money. But no, they don't care about the customers. Today, they've been fined. I would like to say this will be the end of it and we'll never see this kind of thing again. I very much doubt it, though, Rick, when it comes to the banks. You know, here's the thing. Is this even a deterrent, Gemma? you got to look at proportionality here. So, yeah, $57.4 is an awful lot of money, uh, you know, beyond people's wildest dreams as individuals. But when you think about a, a global conglomerate like HSBC, what's that, a, a, a day's profit possibly that they're being fined? It's not really any incentive for them not to repeat this mistake again. And of course, they're going to promise to put things in action to make sure people are protected. It won't happen again. But in reality, they'll just trundle along until the next mishap happens and then they'll just simply pay the fine and carry on regardless. And let me say one thing, uh, just to close this one off, having worked for a large multinational bank, that investor's compensation scheme, that £85,000, I used to have to hand out, you know, uh, fact sheets about the bank, and that was always on the fact sheet. Don't worry if it's ever, uh, you know, a problem, we'll cover eighty five grand. And customers used to ask me, they said, well, has this ever happened before? Has this ever had to be paid out before? And the answer was no. In the history of the banking sector, we've never had to pay out or cover anybody's investor, uh, you know, deposits before. And then these people said, "Well, what happens if uh, there's a crash and everybody wants paid eighty-five thousand pounds and everybody wants their money out of the bank?" You had to say, "Well, it's never happened. That would be unprecedented, and we would have to deal with that." as and when it came. So this promise, this 85 grand promise, I would say if you're fortunate enough to have that kind of money in a bank, don't uh, sleep soundly at night knowing you're covered, you'll get your 85 grand back because if there's an almighty crash and there's a panic and there's a run on the banks, believe me, it's gonna be difficult either to get your money out if it's still there or to get your money recovered if the bank has done something particularly naughty with it. So, uh, you know, that's not really worth the paper that it's written on, but it's there to give people peace of mind. So yeah, if you're dealing with the bank people, you'll never have peace of mind. Trust me, I'm an old banker, as many people have called me in my life. But anyway, Gemma, uh, we've got to uh, wind this one up as per right now. Thank you so much for highlighting those Allians, those reprobates at HSBC. And by the way, I didn't know that it stood for Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation. So I have learned something today. Thank you for enlightening me as to what HSBC actually means. So that's Gemma Cooper, fountain of knowledge as ever, uh, letting us know what's going on in the world. She'll be on with James uh, in the next hour. I'll be back after this short break with Steve Laws on Locked and Loaded TNT. Don't go away. We'll be right back. TNT's Kate Shamarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body 
can totally 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special, special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, fluoridated, chlorinated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting. Caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, this is uh, TNT, Today's News Talk. This is Locked and Loaded, and I'm just waiting uh, for the connection to be made with uh, Steve Laws. We're just waiting to connect him up for audio there. He is in the waiting room, so hopefully we'll get that resolved sooner rather than later. Uh, some other news that's breaking that I was going to cover with Natalie, but we ran out of time. A federal judge has just found that the Canadian federal government acted unconstitutionally when it invoked the Emergencies Act to shut down the Freedom Convoy protest that brought Ottawa to a standstill in February of 2022. So we were talking earlier on about these COVID inquiries, about how when things are done, uh, you know, when the dust all settles and people, you know, the finger of blame is rightfully pointed at certain individuals for causing misery, pain and suffering to other individuals, that they will simply say lessons have been learned. We will not repeat this mistake again. We will do our level best to make sure this doesn't happen again. Again, this has been the finding here with uh, the Canadian truckers protest, which is hard to believe that's two years ago now that that actually happened. So a federal judge has found the government acted unconstitutionally uh, when it shut uh, Ottawa down in 2022. A convoy of truckers cheered on by pedestrians uh, made its way into Ottawa on the 29th of January 2022 in protest against vaccine mandates they saw as an unwarranted threat to their livelihood, as well as a violation of their right to informed consent. So a number of organizations, most notably the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, the Canadian Constitutional Foundation, have challenged uh, the legality of the Trudeau government's unprecedented use of the Emergencies Act on numerous grounds, including their failure to demonstrate that there was no way to tackle the public order problem without invoking a national emergency. So in a judicial review, 
that was uh, released on Tuesday, the 23rd of January, a federal court justice, Richard Mosley, found that even though he accepted the protests went beyond legitimate protest and reflected an acceptable breakdown of public order, however, Trudeau's cabinet's invocation of the Emergencies Act was unreasonable and unconstitutional for two reasons. For two reasons, and I'll tell you what those are. Number one, because the extraordinary powers granted to the federal executive by the Emergencies Act were intended as a tool of last resort. But in this case, it wasn't shown that they had exhausted all other options before they invoked this Emergencies Act. And secondly, Justice Mosley did not believe the economic disruption entailed by the blockades could easily or reasonably be viewed as a threat to the security of Canada on a par with terrorism, espionage and attempts to overthrow the government. So that's an interesting uh, ruling that this judge has actually found. Of course, Trudeau's rhetoric back at the time was that these truckers were simply domestic terrorist types, that they were uh, not acting in the interests of Canada's people. They were causing severe disruption. They could have caused death because of the blockades that they were doing. They were painting them out demonizing them and vilifying them. So as a result of that, uh, they clamped down with these Emergencies Act. And I can remember, well, uh, suppose it's uh, interesting to reflect on this because it's almost, it's just over two years to the day, 29th of January, 2022 to the, today's the 30th of January, 2024. I remember Christia Freeland, the Deputy Prime Minister of um, Canada standing with an evil, wicked grin on her face as she gleefully announced that the assets and the bank accounts of the people participating in the protest would be frozen, their commercial vehicle licenses would be frozen, and also any money that had been collected uh, to support those people, uh, they would, uh, you know, they they would let them go ahead and, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't withhold their money back from them. So basically, cut a long story short, uh, it was an absolute fiasco. Even charitable giving, uh, GoFundMe, I think, was uh, compromised at the time as well. So uh, one thing led to another, and now the 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 hearing of this, uh, the hearing of this here has basically um, uh, resulted in a federal ruling against Trudeau's government. So we're going to take a short break, as per right now, and then. Fingers crossed, I'm going to welcome uh, Jane Black. We haven't been able to connect with Steve, unfortunately. So uh, his loss is Jane Black's gain, and I'm going to be talking to her in just a minute on the one and only TNT. Locked and loaded, don't go away. What do they want? Exciting news. Brace yourself. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. A woman who was awarded $83 million after suing Donald Trump for denying he sexually assaulted her has vowed to do whatever she can to stop him from becoming president again. The White House press secretaries come under fire for claiming three US soldiers killed in the Middle East died fighting for the Biden administration rather than for the country they serve. And North Korea's launched another salvo of cruise missiles off its coast amid heightened tensions with South Korea, Japan and the US. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio.
Okay. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, connect with Steve, but I do want to give him a little bit of a shout out anyway, because he's doing a fantastic work. Steve is a, a reporter based in Southeast Kent, uh, and he does cover stories that the MSM don't touch. You can check him out on the stevelawsreport.co.uk or follow him on X or Twitter at Steve underscore laws underscore. But anyway, uh, I have my second guest who has uh, jumped on a little bit early. I think she's a little bit flustered, but hey, this is live radio. Welcome to it. This is the story of my life, Jane Black from the Glens of Andrum. And anybody that's been tuning into the show for the last year or two will certainly be familiar with her. Or uh, if you don't already do so, you can check out her Twitter page. She's also known as the girl with no name. She describes herself as a freedom-loving Irish woman, a homesteader uh, with backyard chickens, vegetable growing, but don't let that deceive you. She's a very canny individual indeed. She knows what time it is. And we're here today to talk about what's happening in Ireland and further afield. Jane, how the hell are you doing? I'm very well, Rick. How are you? Good? I'm I'm doing good. And listen, uh, massive props to her because up until this point in time, I have to give you props. Uh, she's been uh, anonymous or she's been keeping the old face hidden, but I've been trying to encourage her to reveal it. So today's an exclusive on TNT. It is the face reveal of the girl with no name, aka Jane Black. So big respect to you for doing that. How does it feel? You're a little bit nervous. You'll soon get over it. You know, you'll soon get over it. Absolutely. I really am. But sure, what can you do? It's out now. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it do you know what it's like I liken it to uh, back in Lisburn where I grew up uh, we had a big swimming pool right and in that swimming pool there was a top diving board it was a big platform and one of mm. the rites of passage as a kid was you had to climb up these ladders to the top board and stand at the edge looking over terrified and then eventually you jumped but you know what when you were falling in to hit the water you were <laughs> but once you made that splash all of a sudden the fear went away and it just became natural. So I want to believe that's what it's going to be like for you too. I hope so. It's a bit terrifying, like, because, you know, like we're from Northern Ireland, you can't really say too much. You can get into trouble over here. Do you know what I mean? Well, so well, well, that's I have to maybe tone my rhetoric down a wee bit. <laughs> well, well, I tell you what, listen, you, you've, mm. you don't need to say anything or do anything different than you've done before. All we do. Uh, here on TNT, and all you've ever done on TNT is simply give your analysis of what's happening in the world right now based on the news that is being reported to us. So that's all we're going to do here today. Um, I had highlighted a lot of stories. There's an awful lot going on here uh, in Northern Ireland at the minute, as I'm sure you're aware. Uh, for those of you that don't follow uh, Northern Ireland politics, Let's just touch on this briefly. It looks like uh, the, the Northern Ireland government or the power sharing assembly at Stormont looks like it's going to be reinstated sooner rather than later, uh, Jane, after a hiatus of two years, pretty much pushing up in two years. Uh, there was a big meeting last night with the DUP. Jeffrey Donaldson looks like he's going to lead the DUP back into power sharing. There's a whole lot of uh, skullduggery and shenanigans in and around that. It'll be strange if they do go back into government again, to actually have a government in our own country that's actually sitting in Stormont, won't it? It'll be very strange, considering that I think Michelle O'Neill, who's the leading member of Sinn Féin, will be, I think, First Minister. And that's not going to go down very well with the loyalist Protestant community, because mm -hmm. they, they see Sinn Féin with regards to being the voice people of the IRA, which I can mm -hmm. understand, because there are quite a few mm -hmm. of them who were actively involved in IRA membership and mm -hmm. some actually did do jail time. So mm -hmm. I can understand the loyalist community's fears 100%. It's a very, very strange time we're living in. 
Although there's a lot to be said for titles, isn't there, on this uh, perception that uh, I'm the chief and you're my deputy. The actual position, I understand, of uh, first minister and deputy first minister, apparently it's a joint position. So even though, you know, traditionally mm -hmm. it was uh, Ian Paisley and Martin McGuinness would have been the deputy first minister, they did still occupy that position of first minister jointly. But in this case, uh, Michelle O'Neill, I believe, will be put forward as the first minister with Jeffrey Donaldson possibly being the yeah. deputy first minister. So it's a massive shift in uh, Northern Ireland uh, political makeup, isn't it? The fact that there could be a Sinn Féin first minister, quote unquote, with a DUP deputy first minister for the first time should storm and take its place again in the next uh, week or so. Yes, and if it does, I believe then we're going to have an awful lot more of the globalist agenda for Northern mm -hmm. Ireland specifically with regards to, let's face it, Alliance Party, Sinn Féin, SDLP, and who's the other ones? I'm trying to remember which other ones. The Green Party, they're all yeah, on the with the, the Green... Yes, on with this globalist agenda. So the only party that has been put in saying no with regards to that has been the DUP. Mm -hmm. They're the only voice for the farmers. They're the only voice for the sovereignty of Northern Ireland. Like it or like it not, we are part of the UK. We're part of, mm -hmm. of Britain as such. We we are sovereign with regards to the European Union. That takes part of our sovereignty away. It really does, because mm -hmm. we should not have rules and regulations applying here, especially when it comes to... um. Our, our deliveries or our, everything that's coming in through Northern Ireland has to still go through EU, EU custom checks. And that is causing a problem. And nobody can deny it, that. No, it is. It's a, it's a real thorn in the flesh. And it's ironic. Uh, a lot of the people that I have had on uh, the show here, I've had people from uh, you know different parts of the community and different political backgrounds, but a lot of nationalists who would have been traditional Sinn Féin nationalist voters would actually have given credit to the DUP recently for the, the mm -hmm. stances that they have been taking against globalism. But it seems to be uh, it's falling on deaf ears. You know, they're very vilified at this point in time. And I think Donald's, Donaldson's position as leader uh, is and very much shaky ice. Uh, I think he'll quit or he'll step down from that position. It doesn't see it seems to be a hot potato position, doesn't it? Paul Given didn't last long in it. Arlene Foster was in there. You know, uh, the 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 party is in complete disarray at the moment. Yeah, I think that's the intention. I think with the mainstream media is the massive, massive cause of the upheaval with regards to it because the negative with regards to the DUP has been unbelievable. They're getting it from mm -hmm. every angle because they mm -hmm. are the opposition to the globalist plan. And it's mm -hmm. like all comes down to it, boils down to this. And I was going to show you this. And I urge everybody to buy a copy. It only costs you about five or you'll get it on mm -hmm. eBay or Amazon. Mm -hmm. Everything we are going through comes from this. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on from there. They took the Communist Manifesto and now they're using that to imply everything that is happening now in our lives mm -hmm. is from this book. And that is a mm -hmm. fact. So the DUP <laughs> are the opposition party so they have to be silenced they have to be shut down because they want sovereignty they want an independent nation that's why so they have to be silenced uh, it's interesting if you compare uh what's happening with Sinn Féin maybe taking on the uh, first minister position here in the north in the south uh Sinn Féin uh public opinion polls have been released this week uh that are pretty accurate actually in this case that have shown that any gains that Sinn Féin had made over the last four years have effectively been wiped out at the minute uh they're doing very badly at the polls at the moment Sinn Féin in the south uh for a lot of the policies that they are adopting and and, and embracing the north 
is a political, you know, quagmire to put it mildly. But mm -hmm. the South as well, uh, Jane, the the state of play down there with Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, you know, the the roundabout that's going on with Mayhul Martin and Leo Varadkar, and the lack of any credible opposition down there as well. It seems to be politics in Ireland. Period is just an almighty mess. I did see that their opinion polls is down. Like no wonder, but what do they expect? Nobody mm -hmm. wants what they're doing. And like you've seen what the South is like with all the, the immigration, it's unbelievable. And then the, the homelessness and then they're, but this is just to stir the pot of ants, to keep everybody on fighting with each other and divide us. They're dividing us all into groups. The groups, is a, the mass formation of groups is all part of communism, Marxism. We have to be divided because if we're not divided, then we unite and see the big problem. And the problem is who's instigating it, which is our, our government's all working in lockstep to bring in this agenda through. And we're just at the beginning of this. And I have great fear for where we are going because the immigration has brought a hotbed of, like you say, chaos to every country where it's happening. Look at America, look at the border, what's happening in Texas. That could lead and start kick off civil war. It just one thing, one incident can trigger it. We know here, we lived in Northern Ireland for years. What mm. started and instigated the troubles, which was what, 40 years of, you know what it was like, Rick? Yeah. It was bloody Sunday. Bloody mm -hmm. Sunday was a civil rights march, and that was the Catholics were out protesting because of mm -hmm. unfair circumstances in this country with regards to housing. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. They mm -hmm. want to trigger civil war, in my opinion, and have military on the streets. So therefore, that's the first step to fascism. This is where it's going. So people are also, oh, the Muslims, the Muslims. Are... It's not the Muslims. The Muslims are not the problem. There's instigators driving this. You have to understand what Marxism is and communism is. There's a fantastic guy on um, YouTube. Um, I think Open Discourses, I, I think mm -hmm. he's called James Lindsay. Yes. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. He's the first person that I can hear. I mean, I can't express how I would like mm -hmm. to speak with regards to communism, Marxism. I've just read brief bits, you know, but this guy is so knowledgeable. It's unbelievable. It, he could make a three-year-old understand it. I recommend everybody listen to him. He's called James Lindsay and he's on YouTube. His speeches are fantastic. He gets it and he can put it across in such a way that you will get it and understand it. The Muslims are not the problem. They want to trigger civil war and on the streets. That's what happened here. We had 40 years off it. We had bombs. We had shootings. We had it every day of yeah. the week because on of what? The civil basis. rights march. Yes, on I don't want my children going up Thousands of people killed. You yes. know, and when you think about it, we live in a small part of the world. It's not very densely populated. So over the course mm -hmm. of what, uh, to, from 1969 up until 1994, there was at least three and a half thousand people killed. There was civilians killed. There were terrorists killed. There was army killed. There were police killed. There were innocent people killed. There were tar people targeted. There was security yeah. force collusion. It was just mad. And I, 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 I can remember, I'm 50. I remember growing up mm -hmm. uh, during the Troubles well, I was born in 1973, but the, from I can remember, there wasn't a day that went by that you didn't switch mm -hmm. on the news with, without someone being shot or blown up, let alone the tens of thousands of people uh, that were maimed and injured and the hundreds of thousands of people who yeah. have lost effectively family members or, or people that are close to them because of this. And if you think about that, uh, Jane, in Northern Ireland, you extrapolate that across somewhere like America or across the UK with a population of 68 million. Mm -hmm. If something in principle like that kicks off, 
off. And as you rightly say, it only takes one trigger point for that to That's happen. It. In this case, it was Bloody Sunday up in Derry mm -hmm. uh, back in back in the day. It takes one event to trigger something. And when the tension has been building up for long enough and it needs a release, mm -hmm. it's that one event that can trigger a, a chain reaction of hell and a chain reaction of trauma. And that is not something that we want to see here again in Ireland. Definitely not. And the most important thing to remember with regards to that, we were Christians fighting each other. Mm -hmm. We were Catholics and Protestant Christians. Mm -hmm. We were the same, but we seen each other as different because one group with other othered and all it took was one instance that set it all off. I grew up as a terrified child, as you know, trust no mm -hmm. one. You couldn't go mm -hmm. anywhere. You couldn't, I couldn't go into the centre of town, Belfast. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't go into the wrong street and end up dead. That's what happened. That's right. So we're looking at a, a, a civil war coming with the Christians and the Muslims. And that has to be instigated then to bring in what I would say is global fascism. They want military on the streets. That's what I say. And that's what happened. And Bloody Sunday, as you know, from uh -huh. looking and reading things from Bloody Sunday, there was an awful lot of, um, what's the word, MI5. Yep. There was a lot of collusion there between the police uh -huh. and the protesters. They instigated that. They brought civil war to our street. It was the a planned state, operation. The, the state... state the state are never far behind anything. And the one no. thing that I try and do with what I uh, am at is, listen, our ultimate source of all our woes and misery are coming from our governments, okay? They will use people mm -hmm. and they will use situations and pawns and trigger points to bring about their own agenda, but be under no illusion about this. The real enemy of Ireland and the real enemy of the people of Ireland is not being people that are being brought in from overseas. Yes, they're causing a lot of stress and trouble mm -hmm. and pressure on the system, but who's allowing them in? Uh, they're not forcing their way into the country. They're not overrunning the borders. The borders have been thrown open by the 100%. governments and they're 100%. causing, they're instigating and engineering and the architects behind all the troubles that we're actually talking about uh, right now. We've got to take a little um, news break. Uh, so we do, Jane, so whenever we come back, uh, we'll carry on this conversation and all being well. Uh, we'll get a lot more covered before the top of the hour here on TNT, today's News Talk. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I wrestled in college for the currently number one wrestling team in the United States, Penn State University. And as a matter of fact, with it being an Olympic year, it's a big year for wrestling. So I am all into wrestling. Now, I am a volunteer strength and nutrition advisor for the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. I was much more active several years ago. Anyway, we got a couple of gold medalists on our team. One is actually the coach now, Jake Varner. Another one is David Taylor, who wrestled at Penn State and just recently won the gold medal at 85 kilograms or whatever it is today. The weight classes are all over the place. But I was figuring this out the other day. If I use the Michael Mann philosophy of being a Nobel Prize winner, that means I'm a gold medalist. Really, how is that possible? Well, I advised Jake and I advised Dave on some of their nutrition and uh, certainly their way they were training for weights and things like that, because that was what I was, a volunteer strength coach. So they win the gold medal. It means I too am a gold medalist. In fact, I want you to think about your life. Did you say something to someone that actually did something big? <laughs> That's yours too. Go on and claim it. You know what's interesting? I don't hide any of the things I actually do. When you look at what Dr. Mann did, he won't show anybody his work. Now, wouldn't you naturally be uh, suspicious about that? Suspicious enough to say, hmm, maybe you don't have a gold medal and maybe you don't have a Nobel Prize either. This is Weatherbell.com Chief Meteorologist Joe Bastardi 
TNT's Climate and Weather Watchdog, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, uh, we're back. <laughs> we're still here. We're still connected. We're still beaming live out of our undisclosed location in the Gold Coast in Australia. But yet, here we are, two Northern Irish residents talking shop, chewing the fat here on TNT. I'm joined, of course, by uh, Jane Black, the girl with no name, based somewhere up in the Glens of Andrum. What an absolutely beautiful place that is to live as well. But unfortunately, Jane, we're not talking about beautiful things this morning. Uh, just during the break there, I was, I was, we were talking about uh, Texas at the moment. You talk about flashpoints or an inflammatory situation that could trigger things off. A lot of tension in America right now. It's very much red versus blue, you know, Biden versus Trump and the upcoming election or whoever the Democrats decide to field. Texas has went the opposite direction to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the president's uh, request or order to remove razor wire and keep unfettered access from people pouring into uh, Texas. They have said, well, actually, no, we believe we're being invaded at the minute. Get the National Guard out, put the razor wire back up, doubling down in their position. And you can see that heading towards a flashpoint even there in America. And if you can imagine with the population over there and the tensions that that country is feeling and has been feeling for the last, you know, 48 years, could be a bit of a messy one there too. It could indeed. And the fact that they all can be armed is even more mm -hmm. worrying. We didn't have arms mm -hmm. here. The, the arms that we had actually come in from America through the boats on the back door, do you know what I mean? But we didn't have the right to bear arms. So the fact that we had 40 years of that with no arms as such, <laughs> what the flip could it's a It's a honeypot yeah. for like craziness. Isn't it? Corrupt. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that Second Amendment too. And I mean, you know, you could argue the toss whether or not you agree with it or not, but there's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. A lot of people ha in America have a lot of guns. Uh, I don't know what the average is. I think it's 1.4 gun per person for everybody that actually lives in America, but it's more than one per person. So they're very heavily armed. Uh, they have plenty of ammunition. They've been bunkering down some groups, forming their own militia groups as well. And there's no way mm -hmm. they're going to be, uh, you know, they're willingly going to give up their arms. Arms, and I think that's the main, main problem with America. If they do send the army into the streets there and the people perceive that they're being oppressed by a, a rogue government, you know, it's it happened before. The American Civil War happened yeah. before. What's to say that it can't happen again? That's a recipe for disaster, like, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's like crazy, right, to think. But I actually seen a meme the other day and it was... um. Biden said, Biden doesn't send troops to protect the border. Biden sends troops to take the Americans away from the border who wish to, to uh, protect the border. It's so ridiculous. They're coming in through, I think six million come in. Six million, that's more than the population of Northern Ireland have come through that border. 
twice the population of Northern Ireland. You know, oh, so we have only about two, right. two, and a, two and a half million people. In fact, it's more than twice the population of our entire country has flooded into America. And, and to go where, if you've been following that as well, there were various mm -hmm. sanctuary cities that were set up, you know, San Francisco, you had Chicago, you had New York, who famously said, listen, we, we welcome all. But now you look at uh, New York in particular, San Francisco is just completely disintegrated. Uh, California is oh, in a right mess. Mm -hmm. And New York aren't taking people in anymore. They're putting them up in tents outside of hotels. Yeah. Uh, the places like Kent City over there, and even Eric Adams, uh, who had to test the 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 America uh, the Democrat uh, chief over in New York, even he's saying, "Listen, we can't take any more people in here anymore. We've simply nowhere to put them." And does not isn't that the case? But there has to be a saturation point, and even in Ireland too, uh, we're not quite as bad as the South in that there are little pockets of uh, migrants that have brought in and placed in certain places in Northern Ireland, but nothing compared to what's happening in the South. But infrastructure only has a breaking point, whether you agree with immigration or not, mm -hmm. is by the by when you realise, hang on, there's nowhere for these people to sleep. There's nowhere for these people to stay because all the guest houses and B&Bs are full. And, you know, we've got army barracks being used. We've got office blocks being repurposed on the East Wall. Literally, they're being handed tents now and told not to come here, but still they come. Mm. There's only so many places you can actually put people and so much pressure you can put on doctor services, for example, yeah. before the whole thing breaks. And I think we're seeing that now with people taking to the streets all over Ireland. It's not just big protests in Dublin, Jane. Yeah. We're seeing this in all the counties in Ireland that are being particularly affected by these open borders policies. And that's exactly what's happened. It's just going to erupt into an absolute chaos. It's going to be. There's, there's, like we see it in the South. Like you said, very small um, lit groups and such here. There's not a lot just as yet because we're quite volatile up here. I don't think they'd allow it just so much. But it's it's no wonder that people are kicking off. But that's their intention. Mm. Communists aim for a revolution. The revolution is to bring about change, yeah, and then to bring in fascism. They need this global revolution. That's what that's what it is. So to bring it, they have to keep poking the bear, keep poking. And what happens if you keep poking the bear? The bear is going to erupt. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is then they'll have the troops in the street. Mm -hmm. And that's what they want. Now, in saying that, they say there's no military. They're going to try and get the military. And the United Nations Army, they've always wanted United Nations Army. What will they be called? Global Army or something? They're already talking about signing. I read something this morning how they're talking now. Oh, yeah, they, they're going to have... Um, people to sign up you know I mean, if that, that happens there's going to be a lot of people's going to take those jobs because there's no money like all those migrants that are coming in possibly will be employed they'll be like the brown shirts they'll be like the mm -hmm. black and tans that come in the south mm -hmm. they all mm -hmm. came from england at the time of the civil war in ireland civil war in ireland there was so much chaos here in the streets they hired the ex-army and ex-military from england who were not having great paid jobs and they brought them here they were the black and tans and they were like fascists Mm -hmm. They got off with everything. They they murdered they people. Like I don't know a great deal of the history of the Black and Tans, but they were hated, despised. They were despised by the the Catholics, mm -hmm. but they ruled with an iron fist. Mm -hmm. People will take jobs if they need the money. You know yourself. Look at what we've seen for four years. People will do anything for money. They got all the vaccines and everything. They'll do anything. Do you think that? Do you think that's as well why um, the 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 cost of living crisis is biting everybody right now? I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that hasn't been really negatively affected financially yeah. over the last few years and are really 
getting finding it harder and harder to make ends meet. And when you reach that position where maybe you can't put food on the table or you can't put a roof over your head, all of a sudden, uh, not morals go to the wayside, but things that you say that you would stand up for and never accept when it, it's a choice between going hungry and your kids going hungry or being evicted from your house and compromising on what yes. you believe in and stand for it. I can understand why that's a very powerful incentive for people to turn coat, as it were, and defect yeah. over to the other side and oppress the thing that they said that they would never stand for. I think what's happening at the minute too, uh, that there are people who are a breaking point. Uh, you look at uh, you know businesses that are going to the wall at the oh, minute, no. they'll do anything to keep the doors open. And they also know this is almost like a screw being tightened, don't you think, uh, by these globalists, uh, that they're not trying to, they're just screwing, t ratcheting up the pressure, yes, ratcheting up the tension over time. And not only is it affecting people financially, but it's affecting people mentally. It's making people despondent. It's acclimatizing people to their so-called new normal, which which is abnormal at the best of times it's abnormal and then all of a sudden people say they just shrug their shoulders and say you know what if you're not uh part of it you're going to be crushed bad and then they fall in the line i think that's all part of the long-term problem too it is it's all about destabilization that's one of the principles of war they're destabilizing every country to bring people to breaking point like you know four years of this I mean, it's it's awful. It's so difficult to deal with. Sometimes you just want to flip and scream. Uh -huh. It gets you down. It makes you mad. And at least we kind of know what's going on. Think of the average Joe on the street that has no clue what the hell's going on this past four years. They must be like, you know, like, think about it. And then, of course, you've got the radical left, which are radicalized for the specific reason to bring in chaos. And they don't even know what's going on either. But they'll just follow suit and follow every cause right to the limit. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, you know, one thing about, it will come to breaking point. What one thing about the North is, you know, we we did go through that period of the troubles, and I, you know, it's all I knew. It's all I knew when I was growing up. So whenever 1994 came, what what age was I? 19 or 20 at the time. It was weird. It was weird not having reports on the news every day yes. uh, that somebody had been blown up. It was weird not being stopped by the army and asked, you yeah. know, to get out, open the boot of your car. They were running a, you know, sniffer dog around the car, show me your driving license. It was weird not going out on a Saturday night into Belfast city centre and worrying about getting blown up or yes. going in down the wrong street when you'd had a few too many and maybe not getting home again. That, that was strange to acclimatise to that. Maybe... Uh, I don't want to say that we are better prepared than most people if things do revert mm -hmm. to the way you're saying, but maybe we are better prepared up here. Maybe one of the reasons why uh, this hasn't uh, affected the North the way it does the South. I know there's certain parts of Belfast where certain groups, let's just say, have been putting yes. signs up around certain housing estates to say, uh, notice has been served to the housing executive and private landlords. We will not be accepting uh, foreigners into our estate. And if they come here, on your own head, be it veal threat, as it were, you know, of the, that's been happening around the country too. So there's always mm -hmm. that, uh, so how would you say, suppressed threat of violence there that people have to take account of in the North too. But again, something could happen, Jane, and it could all be set off. And it, uh, I don't want to go back down that road again. I know, again. it's, it's just, awful. Uh, that's what people, mm -hmm. people don't realise how volatile one incident can trigger mass retaliation. So just for example, a protest, not going to name any specific people, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of instigators with regards to protests at the minute. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily talking about housing, I'm talking about more the anti-Muslim rhetoric. Yeah. That protest could trigger one stabbing, one shooting on either side. Then it's going to be tit for tat. 
we watched it for 40 years. Like you say, 40 years of having no life. I used to go into town of Belfast as a child, you know, and I'd get the train up or whatever. You'd be scared on the train. There'd be soldiers on the train, checking your bags, checking your ID, right? You'd, I was scared. I was a traumatized child. We, we, you probably were as well. Mm-hmm. Got out of Belfast, get into Belfast, right? Me and my sister, right? We'd be gone up the streets. You come to the turnstiles because Belfast was cordoned off. Every entrance to the center of town had turnstiles. And very similar to what you see in Palestine, you see the, the army checkpoints because people in mm-hmm. England don't really get that. That's what you're looking at. We faced that every day you went into Belfast. Anybody who went to work in Belfast, went to shop in Belfast, you had to get patted down, searched, right, frisked. bags checked every time you entered and when you went out. And before you went into any store in the centre of town, I used to go to Topshop back in that I owner mm-hmm. buying our trends, not that we had much back then, but before I went to Topshop, any shop, bags opened, there'd be security, a male right. and female security. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. On the doorways and you would be patted down Every time, bags checked, and there would be security Oops. hovering around the place, and you would see our army would be just normal. They'd be just walking mm-hmm. past you. That was every Royal day. Av- Royal Avenue in Belfast. Yeah, Royal Avenue in Belfast had a big metal barricade at the top end of the street mm-hmm. and down at the bottom towards North Street. And anybody entering to shop in like Marks and Spencers or CNA, you had to go through this turnstile, oh. as you said. There was a yes. table at the other side. There were sniffer dogs. There was police armed everyone. army. There was armed mm-hmm. police, bulletproof jackets. And everyone, prams as well. Kids were yes. searched and babies were searched in their prams before you could even pass into the street. And then when you got into the street, as you say, you were fisted mm-hmm. down before you went into every department store because people were leaving incendiary devices. You know, don't forget too, it was bloody dangerous going into Belfast. There was a lot it of bombing attacks. Uh, you know, yes. it, literally you were dicing with death just to go to Marks and Spencer's or to go yes, to Topshop to get yourself a pair of trainers. But as crazy as that sounds, the people that never experienced it, that was day-to-day life here. And I'm not saying, and I hope and pray that we don't go back to that again. But so listen, if it happened in Northern Ireland between 69 and 94, mm-hmm. you know, given what's happening in the world at the minute and how much crazier things have gotten since 1969 to 1994, yes. there's no reason why I couldn't go back to that again. Oh, it'll never happen. We'll never see the army in the streets. We'll never see people being don't frisked. And, you know, That's going it. to the airport, going to the international airport at Antrim. Do you remember? Uh, you know, oh cars goodness. queued back for a mile. Everybody was pulled in and your car was searched. You had to get out, show your papers. Mm-hmm. It was a show your papers society. Army with and the I guns. They weren't just army guns, guns in the street. Mm-hmm. And they would be searching mm-hmm. your car. You're right. Going Co- into the football airport. You, Northern Ireland had a special security booth before you got yes. off. When you got off the plane, you go up through and the checkpoint, Northern Ireland people had to go through the check and they would pull you anytime. If you looked suspicious, they used to pull you. Who are you? Where are you from? Pulled. Show me your passport. Oh, yeah, you bet you had the yeah. guilty face. Yeah, because yeah, I used to, I used to be terrified face. going past them. I used to be yeah. terrified. And I used to work, work feel, away, so I would flew quite guilty. a lot. Yeah, I, you, you thought, feel oh, guilty, I look guilty here because I've got an, an Irish face or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was awful. Like, we don't want to go back to that. No, we don't. It's hard to sit and think back and remember that. Another good website is called Cain, C-A-I-N. It's all the history Mm -hmm. of the Northern Ireland Troubles on there. Mm -hmm. Any of the people that are listening, go and have a look at that website. And that's what we lived through. It's C-A-I-N. I think it's C-A-I-N. You don't want to talk about it, don't you? It is. It is. It's got all the historical videos and footage. Believe me, you do not want to go through that. So Mm -hmm. at any point... The only way forward is for people to see what's happening, to unite mm-hmm. and try and move forward peacefully and understand that everything that is happen, happening in our media, especially, 
and all around is to instigate more trouble, more strife and more division because they have to further their agenda, which is, well, we all know, it's New World Order, isn't it? It is. Fascism. There's... There's another good website as well. I don't know if you know about this one or not, but on YouTube, there's a fantastic archive channel called A Troubled Land. So it's just called A Troubled Land. It is Mm -hmm. fantastic. They do maybe Mm -hmm. uh, an update almost every day. Uh, It's free to use it, but you can support them on Patreon as well. So I'll have to give a big shout out to that uh, uh, site, A Troubled Land. And it's from all sides every perspective uh, from both sides of the conflict and the troubles, uh, the army side, the police side, the loyalists, the, the national side, everything from civilians, people that have survived it, people that have went through it, fantastic archive uh, for people to get information on it. And again, I'm glad to have had this conversation with you this morning. It sounds like a trip down memory lane, which it was, but it's also yes. a warning that it mm-hmm. happened before and it could mm-hmm. possibly happen again. And if things don't get rectified and there isn't, uh, you know, an overthrowing of the current regime, then that's the mm-hmm. position we could well find ourselves in talking about this in maybe a year or two's time, God forbid. But it's a possibility. We're not saying it's yeah, an inevitability, right. but it is a possibility. Listen, the music's starting to play in the background. I think we're just getting warmed up here, Jane. But as usual, it's time to pull the plug on it as we're getting into the flow. That's just the way it works here. I love having conversations with people like yourself here on TNT. So big thanks to Jane Black for taking the time out uh, to join me this morning. And uh, she did great. First time on video. Massive respect to her. Stay tuned. James Freeman is coming up. I'll be back again tomorrow morning at uh, 9 with Natalie and then again at 10 with Locked and Loaded. So please stay tuned for more magic here today on the one and only TNT, today's news talk.